I mean, we don't experience relationships in a vacuum. So it makes sense that based on someone's identity, like you may feel more comfortable in one role versus the other. Mm. I will say that like, if I'm dating a femme, especially a short femme, I'm suddenly, I'm build a shelf super dyke. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Bad in Bed, the queer sex podcast where we'll be meeting with industry experts to give you the queer sex ed you never had but always wanted. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about coming out and multiple sexual identities. Alongside other identifiers and labels, Gabby and I both identify as bisexual, so we thought it fitting to get real vulnerable with you and share our coming out journeys. Then, after that, we'll be talking to bi-icon Gab Alexa for tips on how to know if you're bisexual, how to explore your bisexuality, and tips for giving biphobia the finger. All right, so before Bobby and I share our coming out journeys, let's start with a definition of what bisexuality is. My favorite definition of bisexuality comes from bisexual activist Robin Oakes, editor of the anthology Getting By Voices of Bisexuals All Around the World. And it reads... I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge that in myself the potential to be attracted, romantically or sexually, to people of more than one gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way, and not necessarily to the same degree. What I love so much about that definition is she manages to, in a few sentences, already dispel so many of the myths that come about in terms of bisexuality, right? Like one of the big myths is that bisexuality reinforces the gender binary. What I love is that Robin says more than one gender. I know that when I call myself bisexual, I like to think about it in terms of being attracted to more than one gender. Sometimes I also define it as being attracted to those with genders similar to my own and those with genders different than my own. Yeah, it's a real all-encompassing quote. I really do like that. Our hope in this episode is to give you some information about bisexuality and help those of you who are either still in the closet in terms of your sexual identity and those of you who are supporting people who are recently out of the closet in their sexual identity become more accepting. So Gabby, you ready to get real vulnerable and talk about our coming out stories or what? I am. How about you go first? You go first and then I'll go. Oh, you are the worst. Okay, I'll start. So I actually came out a little later than, you know, most. I came out at 27 and um, I was actually about to move to Toronto because I come from uh, a city called Hamilton, which actually boasts the highest cases of homophobia and hate crimes in my province. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to be gay, I really need to get out of here or, you know, bisexual. I identify as many different things, which we'll talk about later. Um, so while my parents came to visit me, uh, they were just going to help me move. And I had this big plan to come out to them during this time. So I was going to buy dinner and then for dessert, I was going to break the news. So, uh, inconveniently, as we were eating dinner, my dad got a call from a client and said he had to leave, which was, you know, not exactly, it kind of put my, a wrench in my plans and I had to either act or wait another day. So, um, Instead of, you know, I was like, no, I had, I couldn't sleep last night. I'm super anxious. I have to let it out now. I also had someone I was dating at the time. He, uh, he was planning on visiting afterwards to like bring snacks and console me because it's a very, you know, vulnerable experience. You kind of feel like crap afterward. But, um, so I, uh, 
I just kind of blurted it out. Like he was like, okay, well I have to go. And I said, I remember word for word. It was before you go, I need to tell you something. And then they both looked at me and I said, I'm gay or maybe bisexual. I don't know, but I'm definitely not straight. And, um, it was, I don't know. I felt like time froze in that moment because my dad wore like this strange smirk on his face as if to communicate that he was accepting of the news, but masking the devastation from the bomb I just dropped. So like, which I understand, you know, like this was something I'd knew, known for a while, but he had no idea. So he was just, you know, wow. Like, how do you react to news like that? So he was great. He said, you know, I love you no matter what, gave me a hug and then left for work. It was very weird. Um, as soon as my, as soon as my dad left, like the door closed and my mom's burst in tears. Um, I'm not exactly sure why. I think that she said she had an, a suspicion that I might've been, which I mean, obviously I used to love the Spice Girls. Pink Power Ranger was my icon. So like, you know, little things like that, you know, she was like, I had an idea, but you know, you were dating women. So I just thought maybe you just had different interests. And, um, the more we talked, the more she, she was honestly, I couldn't have asked for a better reaction after she let the tears out. She couldn't have been more supportive. And I am so, so lucky. And I, I honestly, I know how fortunate I am because I've heard really, really bad stories. Wait, so Bob, when you say that you had known for a while before telling your parents, like what's a while, like a decade, two years, three years, like how long had this been something that you thought might be true? Um, that's a good question. Well, you know what? Like I actually, I read that the median age for people to know that like their sexuality or their sexual preference isn't the norm is about age 12. And that's exactly when I did. I remember being told that was when I was first starting to watch like you know, you find out internet porn and then you find out you're kind of looking at guys more than girls or other genders. And you're like, okay, uh, something, you know, like I actually, this is actually a good point. Um, when I was in like elementary school and we were learning sex ed, I remember, you know, being told that, you know, boys like girls, this is how it works. There's only two genders. There's only one type of sex. And I remember thinking, well, maybe everybody feels this way, but we're supposed to have sex this way. So I'll just grin and bear it. Do you know what I mean? Like we weren't told other options and we were young and didn't know better. So I was like, oh, okay. So this is how everyone feels. I'm normal. You know, is that weird? Definitely not weird. You know, I used to masturbate to South of Nowhere, which is like this like gay TV show from the early 2000s. It might have even pre-existed the L word. And I would like touch myself while watching that. And I thought all of the girls were doing that. Like I also, it hadn't occurred to me that 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 was quote unquote weird or non-normative. All right, Gabby, uh, what about you? Tell us your coming out story. So I almost had the reverse experience that you had. So I'll describe it. The way I describe it, I didn't have a sexual orientation. And then all of a sudden I was a lesbian. So at 16, all of the girls in my friend group had given hand jobs, blow jobs, were having P&B sex, and I hadn't even kissed a boy. Right. Though to be fair, it wasn't for lack of boys trying. I remember one time I was in the passenger seat of this guy who to this day I think is like objectively an attractive person and he we were at a stoplight and he looked over at me and he was like can I kiss you and I remember being excited I was like yes 
And then the second I felt his tongue, like, touch my mouth, I screamed. I screamed. I screamed at the top of my lungs. Fuck, shit, fuck. I don't know what I'm doing. Wow. And then he dropped the guy asked for consent to kiss you, and then he kissed you, and you screamed. I screamed. He got me back up at home. He and I never talked again. Right. Okay, so now fast forward. It's my junior year in high school. We're in Mm -hmm. English class. The poetry unit of the curriculum comes up, and the teacher puts us in pairs, the idea being that we're going to help each other make the best poem possible. Cute. I ended up getting paired with the girl who is best described as the girl every girl wants to be and every Mm -hmm. guy wants to fuck. Got it. Pretty cool for me. Yeah, absolutely. Almost immediately, our friendship became incredibly intimate, just like within a course of days, like texting all the time. I think poetry sort of like allowed for that intimacy to exist because both of our poems were so, um, I guess, close to our hearts. And we were Mm -hmm. texting and she asked me, have you ever thought about kissing a girl? And it was the first time I'd ever been asked that. But in my – everything in my body was like, yes. Like, yes. Like, it just – I want – as soon as I knew it was a possibility, when she presented that question to me, I absolutely realized that that was something I wanted to do. So anyway, she and I ended up kissing once, my first kiss. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, felt like it completely confirmed the fact that I was a lesbian. Right. And I never had an official coming out as such when I was in high school after that kiss, but all of my friends knew that I had feelings for this girl. I had expressed that I was in love with this girl to my mom. Wow. Um, when when she and I broke up or like I knew that she was dating another girl, I like had a – I was so sad and my mom came into bed with me and she was like, what's wrong? She was like holding me. I was like, my heart hurts. Oh. <laughs> and so I thought that my mom knew that I was gay. This girl had just hurt, right. had just broke my heart. Like that is, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> yeah. I ended up going to college, immediately joining all of the queer groups on campus. And it was a really conservative college. And almost immediately I realized that it wasn't going to be the place that had the queer community that I was looking for. So for my last three years of college, I transferred to Smith College, which is a historical women's college that is known for being gay as fuck. Amazing. While I was there, I exclusively dated women and non-binary folks. Graduate college, enter a year-long relationship with a woman, and then that relationship ends and something wild happens. I'm working the front desk of a CrossFit gym, and this dude walks in the door. Like quintessential football, all-American star, long flowy hair, beard, over six foot, hot, muscular, all the things. And the same way that everything in my body had said, yes, I want to kiss girls, everything in my body said, yes, I want to kiss this guy. And that was the first time that I had ever experienced that with a cis dude. He and I ended up becoming best friends. I fell in love with him. We dated on and off in a swirl of toxicity for a year and a half. And while that relationship was happening, I really felt that I was a lesbian who had this one exception. Right. And then I found myself on a date with a really close cis male friend who said to me, like, do you want to try dating? And I did. I was also interested in this other guy. Um, Once he and I, the second cis dude, and I started dating, I realized – that the term lesbian with exceptions 
no longer felt validating to me. It actually made me feel really confused and like I was in this like weird identity limbo. So while I was dating him, I started following a lot of bi folks on Instagram, learning more about bisexual history um, and trying out the word in articles and conversations with my queer friends. Um, I told him that I felt that I was bisexual and eventually that became the label that I use. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, I know that you and I have talked about this like a lot before, the word, the main word that I use to describe myself will change depending on who I'm talking to. But these days, bisexual is the main identity label that I use for myself. Sometimes I use queer, sometimes I use dyke, sometimes I'll still use lesbian depending on the space. But that's uh, my, my, my coming out story was sort of the reverse of you because I thought I was a lesbian and then bye. Yeah. Interesting. So um, how were your parents when you uh, came out? So, it sounds like they were super So supportive. it's interesting. I thought, like I said, that I had come out to my mom in high school when this girl had broken my heart and I had shared that information with her. Yeah. And she did not think that was me coming out as gay. <laughs> About three years later um, – I had had a gay friend from one of my colleges come home with me who in the in the over dinner with my mom the three of us had dinner explained the fact that she identified as gay. The next day in a car ride my mom looked at me and goes, "Hey Gabby, do you think that you might be gay?" Oh. And I was like I was shocked. I was like, "What do you mean do I think I might be gay? You know I'm gay." <laughs> She was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, don't you remember that one night when I was crying? And and then I, you know, shared the story that had happened. And she was like, I honestly had no idea that that is what was happening. I thought that you had just had a friendship breakup. Oh. She had, she had no idea it was like a romantic sexual thing for me. She thought it was just friendly. I think in a lot of cases, parents just put on their blinders. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? Unless explicitly said, I'm just going to let them do their thing. And like, that's why mine was like, here's exactly how I'm feeling. Like it, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, we were both, let's both address the obvious. We're both very lucky with how, our, yeah. how our families. Yeah. Um, I was also very lucky with my friends. I mean, my friends I've, I was raised with, uh, they were all, you know, we were all rugby players, like the bro type. And I told all of them and not one of them even, you know, like flinched. It was very, I got, I hear you, man. I got you. Like, I don't think that's weird. They'd asked me, you know, were you ever attracted to any of us? And I was like, you should be so lucky, you know, kind of stuff like that. And then I actually, when I moved to Toronto, I moved with one of them and I lived with him for a year. So he was kind of with me the whole time. He came to gay bars with me. He was awesome. Oh, wow. I was, yeah, I was so lucky. I think about that a lot too. Like right after I kissed the girl, my first kiss in high school, I immediately called my best friend at the time and told her. And to think about how damaging her response could have been, right? Like her response was like, oh my gosh, like tell me everything. And her response – and her response could have been, that's disgusting, right? And how damaging it would have been for me had the first person I told's response been that. Yeah, I don't think that I'm, – I'm not sure that they do, but the way that you – like the weight that you carry with that those few words, it's like you feel like you could lose – your life could change forever. You know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. these – I is it even worth saying? Like I remember when I came out to everybody 
especially my parents, even though it went well, they left and I went upstairs and I just sobbed for probably 48 hours straight. I felt sick to my stomach. I was like, I always had in my mind this vision of being like, you know, you break free of the chains and then you ride a rainbow to happiness. And uh, that did not happen. I felt awful. I felt like I'd flipped everyone's lives upside down. And, you know, as they get more comfortable with it, things get better and you get more comfortable with it because it's weird for you to say too, because you've never really said it, you know? Mm. I mean, I wanted to read something that I wrote um, about just kind of like my experience in dating women and then dating men exclusively, but also how it apl applies to my bisexuality. So I wrote this in Tinder's uh, now defunct website, Swipe Life, which we both wrote for mm -hmm. and loved writing for. Um, I wrote, dating women taught me that I was able to love and be loved. These experiences gave me the confidence to explore the full capacity of love that I'm capable of, which I've come to find is not limited by gender. To imply that a love that was monumental to my life and emotional development is meaningless is incredibly offensive and not to mention blatantly false. So it was like, I found that since I came out, people mm. were like, you were always gay. You were just like, you know, these women were beards. And I'm like, no, like they were, these were people I truly cared about. And um, I just think it's such like a closed-minded view of things. Like, your sexuality is allowed to evolve and like we we're going to be talking about quite a bit is you're allowed to have multiple sexual identities and orientations and um i actually wanted to call out your instagram post if you don't mind where you spoke to that and i thought what you wrote was brilliant so what you wrote was language evolves you learn new words that just fit you meet new versions of yourself your understanding of yourself changes you experience new and different attractions, urgings, and feelings, and you begin to understand the true expansiveness of gender. Mm. I thought it was so great and so fitting to so many people that like, truly before you posted that, I'd never really heard of multiple orientations and it just seemed like, okay, you know what? That like, it's almost like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like, okay, so how I'm feeling is legit. As silly as that sounds. I love that's that how I, I helped you feel that. And yeah. you know what's fun for me is thinking about the fact that 10 years from now, and this might scare people, but like 10 years from now, we could identify by words that aren't even in our vernacular right now, that like aren't right. even in the mainstream circulation of words that are used to define sexual orientations. So language is going to evolve. And so when I think about my sexuality as this ever evolving sort of fluid thing, I just love the idea that it's not necessarily that my sexuality itself is evolving, though I do think that is also a possible reality. It's more so that language is catching up with the experiences that people have. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't know unless you've tried it. Everything like that. The more you you read into it, the more you learn. Like I explain, I described once uh, my sexuality as, quote, <laughs> a shape-shifting mass that I cannot fully grasp. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't think I will ever know exactly what I am, but I know it's always changing mm. and I'm cool with that, mm. you know? Like, so, I mean, just let it go, people. Let us feel and identify as we want to, you know? I love it. All right. So next on the podcast, we're going to bring on Gab Alexa, who is going to help folks do just that. She'll be talking to us about things like how to embrace your bisexuality, how to know if you're bisexual, and we have a few other interesting conversations. Yeah, she's amazing.
amazing. Let's do this. Bobby and I are so thrilled to bring on Gabrielle Alexa Noel onto the podcast. Gab Alexa is a bicon, that's bisexual icon, author of the forthcoming book, How to Live with the Internet, which will be released into the wild this March and is currently available for pre-order. Claps. She is a sex writer for the internet, including for brands like Elle, Tinder, Playboy, and Cosmo. And she's a content creator for Honey Playbox, a pleasure product company. She has been so integral to my coming out process as a bisexual, and more specifically as a bisexual dyke. So I'm so thrilled to have her on the Bad in Bed podcast. Gab, welcome. Welcome. Hey, wow. What a great introduction. I would show up a lot more places if it started like that. (laughs) I love it. So I will say that you are probably one of the most out bisexuals on the internet today. Um, Where I'd love to start is by asking you why you identify as bisexual as opposed to, say, pansexual or queer or any of the other sexuality identifiers out there that folks are using. Mm, I guess because this word was home, like, since I was very young, like maybe it wasn't home according to everyone else. Like not everyone in my life was aware that it felt that way to me, but it Mm -hmm. was to me. And even though I've obviously I've learned that there are so many other labels out there, there's so much overlap and nuance to each and every label that I don't really see a need to, to change this, this home that I've already created. I love it. I know that you and I have both talked about this, but as people who are out and by on the internet, so many of the DMs that we get are along the lines of, am I bisexual? Or how do I know if I'm bisexual? Um, I'd love to know, when somebody asks you that question, how the hell do you respond? Oh my God. Well, I've been on the internet a long time. And at first I would go through this like whole spiel, like, you know, of how I knew for myself and like what my personal process was and other processes that I've heard of. And like, it would just be so exhausting. Right. And now I'm just like, if you're asking me, you probably already know the answer because I don't want to do the labor anymore. But also because that's the truth, right? Like no one is asking, am I bi? And is just straight. (laughs) I don't think. I think that's probably true. Bobby, do you get asked this question too? Am I bisexual from from men in your DMs? I know that you and I and Gabby all have different audiences. Yeah, I don't get much from the bisexual um, side of things. I just get, it's mostly like queer men asking me how to get fisted and whatnot. You know, it's a little more extreme than that. (laughs) You know, I wish I was on that part of the internet. That sounds so pleasant. It's honestly, it's become home for me. So like these conversations are not weird for me. I just kind of like, I relax in there and they're like, hey, how do you fist? And I'm like, well, let me tell you, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I wish I got to speak more to bisexuality than I do, but um, I really don't get those types of questions. No. I mean, it's really not like a super diverse, like question base, right? It's just like, they want me to give them, I feel like permission to identify as a certain label and that's not even really a question. It's just like a, a speaking to how much like bisexual people are told that they're not really what they are. Oh, God. And I think in some ways it's looking for somebody who is out and bisexual to say, come on in, join us under this label, which while I'm personally like happy to do that, you know, come on in, come on in. The reality is, is that 
there should not be gatekeepers to any identity, whether that's bisexuality or another sexual orientation. Amen. Like you and I and Bobby, we're not playing the role of of welcome committee. Right. Exactly. Yes. So true. Also, I, I don't know about you two, but um, I know that when I, as as a cis male, when I say I'm bisexual, I'm almost immediately met with skepticism. Like they're like, no, it's because, you know, like that phrase, buy now, gay later. Like it was just kind of, I, people are like, no, you're just not willing to admit that you're gay. You're, and you're just like, you're on that. It's like a layover, you know, like you're just bisexual now, but you're definitely going to not be sexually attracted to women once you have more sex with men. I, I, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I recognize that even if they don't outwardly say that, it's kind of like the subtext when it comes to like talking about bi men. Yeah. Like I remember my friend who's, and I'm bisexual, right? So my friend who's like talking to me is like, oh, but I think that my, her, her last boyfriend is gay. And I was like, why gay? And she's like, I don't know. Like he liked like playing in his ass. And I was like, oh, well that doesn't insinuate any Oof. type of identity, but also he dated you for years. So how could right. you completely erase the relationship that you had that was a really strong relationship, like they had a great relationship, mm-hmm. and then and just make that assumption just because of one behavior that you feel like suggests queerness? Yeah. And there's, there's this thought that all folks who are bisexual are actually just attracted to men. Like if a cis dude comes out as bi, he's actually gay and attracted to men. And if a bi cis woman comes out as bi, she is actually just straight and like deciding to be bisexual for what? Social cuteness? For like thrills. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Um, Something I personally wanted to talk about because it was a lot of fun internet fodder for me for a while, but it was when um, Gabby posted on, uh, well, GK posted on, uh, Instagram that she identified as a bisexual dyke and um, she then wrote about it for greatest and you were one of her expert sources for the article. So I wanted, I wanted to uh, know that like, do you think people can have multiple sexual identities or do you think it's something that's more like sexuality singular and it evolves over time or is it a bit of both? I mean, it does evolve over time. And I read a really great article. I feel like I probably sent it to you at some point in the research process, but it talks about like how multiple layers of labels have always existed. Um, and like, I think this discourse comes up a lot with bi lesbian. Like there's always this like, this back and forth on the internet. And as someone who doesn't, like I don't identify as a bi lesbian. I, I don't understand why people are so offended at the idea that these categories are not like finite designations. Like they want people to be like, no, I'm picking a label, even though like historically labels have always have very often been, not always, but very often been about signaling a community of affiliation and not about like setting these like rigid like guidelines for your behavior. Like human behavior doesn't actually like fit really well in that framework, I think. And I think part of the pushback was a misunderstanding about the fact that like bisexual women are invested in LGBTQ spaces. Like, I think that there is this assumption that bi women are like, quote unquote, out to get the LGBTQ community and want to infiltrate it with, quote unquote, bad men, bad straight men who are going to like ruin 
its sanctity as a community when that's just not true. Like we as bisexual women have investment in the LGBTQ community, maybe in a different way than other folks. And Bobby, I know that like you found the statistic, but it's like the majority of people in the LGBTQ community are bisexual. So all of this skepticism that's happening within the LGBTQ community is is not rooted in the reality that the majority of that community is bisexual. I don't know. It's hard because when I hear the statistic about um, most people being bisexual in the LGBTQ community, that has so often been like weaponized against me to be like, how are you guys even like oppressed when you're the majority? Oh, interesting. And it's because in part, it's because in part, and like activism has linked the idea of minority with oppression, but like. Whenever I've complained about like the housing insecurity for bi folks or like um, the youth violence, like people are like, oh, my God, stop complaining. Like you're the majority in the community. So like your issues are, um, yeah, I guess invalid. So I don't actually like use that statistic because it gives me so much like anxiety. Well, it's interesting, like a, a stat from the same research actually found that bisexual people, while they do like comprise the majority, they're also the least likely to come out to like the, those most important to them. Do you, is there any reasoning behind that, do you think? Ooh, I wrote about this and it's because there's the most skepticism. So like you just don't feel supported to come out. And like when queer people who are who don't identify as bi come out, there is a community that is accepting like without biphobia, like, which is not to say that there's not like lesbophobia or other things, but like when we come out with, there's like so much proof that we have to offer to even gain entry into the community. I think for a lot of people, it's like not worth it. They're like, I'm just going to do what I do and live my life. And like a label is not important. And since we've positioned people as gatekeepers of these labels, they're like, okay, I will function as a bi person. I will have bi thoughts, but I'm not going to identify that way because it'll invite violence and skepticism and biphobia. And as for like uh, GK's article, what were like the most common comments that you were getting were like for people who were against what you were trying to say? You know, I'm sympathetic to to lesbians who feel really protective of lesbian spaces and have, you know, fear of those lesbian spaces being taken away from them. However, I think often that fear is misprojected onto bi lesbians or bi dykes because, and now everyone's going to have slightly different, you know, definitions for what lesbian means or what bi means or even what dyke means. For me, I define dyke as an orientation where I prioritize other dykes in my life. And my bisexuality exists in a way that I prioritize the health, the happiness, the the pleasure of of the other dykes in my life, and therefore dyke is a label that really, truly in my bones feel that it fits in mm-hmm. the same way that bisexuality, as it does for Gabby, to me feels like home. So I'm sympathetic to that pushback, but I think it ultimately comes from a place of um, getting wrong at the wrong, getting mad at the wrong guy. Yeah. Right. I don't even use that terminology, even though I I identify with it, just because of the 
amount of violence that it invites on the internet. It's just so frustrating. I remember finding like, uh, and I, this was years ago, but it's still, it like stuck with me so intensely is finding there was a Reddit, there was a thread that was like, like imagined that I was married with two children to a man, but had you. become, yes, me. I thought that was hilarious, but that I had become this voice of the community because like for internet brownie points for clout so that like they were like I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple years like her whole like secret hidden family came out and like it was this whole story about myself that was like I was like I can't even afford to get out of my parents home right now in the middle of a pandemic and you're telling me that I have a secret family and two kids like you think this selfish person was capable of having two kids wild <laughs> and I say selfish in a very positive way I think youth is selfish and I'm happy to live in it for a little bit longer. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I, another question I wanted to have was like, I, I kind I identify as queer, but so that's kind of, I found it was more of like an umbrella sexuality that like, you know, multiple can fit under. But when you have multiple sexual uh, orientations, is there one that's like your main one and then secondary, or is it just like, you don't even think about it that much. It's just like, I'm multiple. Um, I feel like I use queer and bi pretty interchangeably in my life. Um, there's just two different connotations. Like I feel like queer, especially, um, in like black queer Brooklyn, we I mean, we call it queer, black queer Brooklyn. Um, so I feel like that more speaks to the politics of queerness in, at least in my community in Brooklyn versus bisexual feels like more of just like a generalized term that doesn't have um, that not that it doesn't have politics attached, but has a different set of politics. Like totally, the politics of bisexuality is like more around like like gatekeeping and the hypersexualization parts. Like it feels like it hails to like two two separate groups of problems. So depending on the problems I'm talking about, that's the label that I use in that conversation. Another question that I get asked quite frequently beyond just am I bisexual is am I bisexual enough? And this question comes most often from bi women who are in monogamous relationships with cis men or straight men. Um, do you have any tips for folks who are asking this question? I've given different tips like over the years depending on I guess my own internalized biphobia and how like prevalent it was because at one point I feel like there was a sense of resentment for those couple, for those people, but for those people in their relationships, because I felt like their like perhaps perceived lack of proximity to actual, to actual queer communities meant they were like out of touch with like what we were worried about. And that because of patriarchy, they were automatically going to like uh, be more supportive of their boyfriend's desires than on like the greater like queer community. Um, so I was always just like, oh, like, I guess I th thought there's like good bisexuals and bad bisexuals, but then it ended up kind of just devolving into like that being another exclusionary um, way of viewing people. Like there's just no like point you can specifically find where someone crosses over from being like, a good supportive bisexual to a bad one and it doesn't actually serve us to examine like goodness in that way but it 
makes more sense to just like if you intrinsically feel like you are part of the community, like opening the community up to those people, because I find that those people often flourish within community, like to feel like people are excluded from the community is often because we've excluded them, not because they themselves are like against mm. community. Right. So now I'm just like, literally, if you think you're part of this community, if you think this label is yours, like then it probably is. And like my best bet in reaching out to you and feeling connected to you as part of my community is just saying that I am willing to do that. Right. I'm I'm as I'm about as out on the internet in terms of being bisexual as I think one can get. And when I was in a relationship with a cis straight dude, I definitely too asked myself the question of am I bi enough? And to Gabby's point, I definitely found that leaning into community was helpful, but I also really leaned into my solo sex life, right? Like masturbating and like fantasizing and watching queer porn. And it's interesting because I feel like exploring your sexuality is this concept that is reserved only for people who are questioning their sexual orientation. But we should all, all people of all sexual orientations should be exploring our sexuality, be it through masturbation or or watching ethical porn or talking about our fantasies or talking about our solo sex lives. Um, so that's another thing that I recommend for folks who are asking, like, am I bi enough? You know, there are ways for you to explore it um, on, on your own. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so it's a question I had, because this is something I've noticed within my own bisexuality, is that um, the relationship dynamics tend to change based on the gender of my partners. So, like, for example, I've noticed that when I'm in a relationship with men, I tend to be like, a little spoon kind of guy <laughs> but like when i'm in a relationship with other genders i'm more of like the big spoon you know like i kind of take on that mentality do you notice do you know if that's common or if that's like why that is or is it just like problematic gender stereotypes <laughs> like i mean we don't experience relationships in a vacuum so it makes sense that based on someone's identity like you may feel more comfortable in one role versus the other I will say that like if I'm dating a femme, especially a short femme, I'm suddenly I'm build a shelf super dyke, right? <laughs> like suddenly I'm like, I wear the harness and I will like, I'll do all of the like, I guess more stereotypically masculine roles in the relationship. And I feel like I get enormous glee from it probably just cause like, I mean, dating, uh, men and masculine people can feel very like oh I'm like like the coddled submissive like I it feels almost like feminineness is like a lack of autonomy in relationships or it has been especially with like my relationships with cishet men but mm -hmm. it's, that is even reproduced in relationships with mask women so like when I'm finally like I'm like oh I'm allowed to be the patriarch I take the opportunity and I I didn't I don't know if it's worth it to like gauge whether or not it's problematic, but it's certainly as a result of like our socialization. No. And I think that's a good point too, because even within like, if I'm kind of going through a phase of just dating men, um, it's, yeah, there's some that I get that like, I want to be more masculine or more submissive, or sometimes I'm like, I'm baby, take care of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess it doesn't really have much to do with gender. It's just like varies by the individual. 
Yeah, I was telling my girlfriend recently like what my relationship with a man was like, and she was like, I don't even recognize the person that you're talking about. Oh my gosh, Gab, thank you so much for hopping on the Bad in Bed podcast and sharing all of your bisexual thoughts with us. We are so appreciative. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Please plug your social media outlets, plug your book. What things should people know on where to find you next? I am Gab Alexa everywhere. Um, You can pre-order my book from wherever books are sold, really. So like Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Target, Amazon, wherever you feel most comfortable purchasing your books. Um, I have a project coming up with Gabrielle Smith. So you, if you're following me, keep an eye out for that. And uh, follow me. That's really it. I don't have any more. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Wow, I'm so glad that Gab Alexa was able to join us for that conversation. She truly is the bicon of our times. She's amazing. I'm going to give everyone a little homework assignment before we go. And that is if you are questioning your sexuality or want to explore your bisexuality in any way, I cannot recommend Crash Pad, which is an ethical porn platform enough. It was integral to me exploring my bisexuality, and I think it could be the same for you. So do your homework, folks. And on next week's episode, we will be speaking all things butt stuff with Dr. Evan Goldstein, CEO of Bespoke Surgical and Future Method. There is truly no butt expert quite like him. Gabby and I have both worked with him and he is the absolute best. He's an anal genius and he'll be talking to us about all things from first time anal play to douching to anal fisting and the third hole. A reminder to follow us both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Gabby is Gabrielle Cassell on Twitter and Instagram and I am at by Bobby Box on Instagram and at it's Bobby Box on Twitter. 